Um, our reading is from Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> the birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. In chapter 2, verse 1, the visit of the Magi. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem the prophet, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. For you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. <coughs> then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. The message today is called Signs That Lead Us to the Saviour. Signs That Lead Us to the Saviour. It'd be helpful if you've got your Bible with you and open to the, the passage. If you don't have a Bible, there are some at the back. I'm sure she will give give out some Bibles if you need them. just want to look at a few signs in the passage that we just read there that would help to lead us to the Saviour. 
first sign that we see is the miracle of a virgin birth and God with us. Now that's two miracles in one sentence, yeah? (laughs) We have the miracle of a virgin birth and God with us. And the word there is used, Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. So first of all we we find the sign of a miraculous birth, because this was to be no ordinary birth. This was to be a a miracle from God. A virgin would be with child and this would be the sign that this indeed was the saviour coming. That was a prophecy that was written many years before. That word prophecy just speaks of that foretelling of God's plan. So God in times past has spoken through many people at many times and they were called prophets and people who were inspired to write the scriptures to write God's word and it was his inspired word they had messages for the people they spoke about things to come and verse 22 there in Matthew chapter 1 is referring directly to Isaiah 7.14 which is written hundreds of years earlier but also An even greater miracle in this particular verse is that the fact that God is with us. Can we take that in today? This was a a baby born. But this baby is God with us, Emmanuel. Who is the baby? The baby is to be called Jesus. This is the very Son of God come down in the flesh miraculously to us. What a sign, eh? <laughs> Do we agree? Was that a good sign? A miraculous birth that was impossible with man. But what does it say in Luke? For nothing is impossible with God. That's what God said about this birth to take place with Mary there. The miracle of a virgin birth and God coming down in the flesh to be with us. What a sign. The second sign you see in that passage, and it it carries through a number of verses, is that there was a star appeared that was leading to the Saviour. Now there's people mentioned there called the Magi, I hope I'm saying that correctly. It doesn't really matter if I'm not. <laughs> the Magi. And we're thinking to ourselves, who are the Magi? What does that mean? You know, commonly in some of the Christmas carols and cards, etc., you'll see this portrayed as the, the three wise men or the wise kings. And in fact, we're not told the number here. And we're not really told about them being kings or anything in particular. But the word, the word Magi... Would refer to it would refer to people who were quite knowledgeable, were known as being wise. The Magi were a tribe of the Medes who had a priestly function in the Persian Empire. So this is out east, and they were also known to be people who studied the stars, like modern-day astrologers, sky gazers. So how would God speak to people? A couple of things from this is you know. 
an event's happening, a miracle is happening, there's a sign of a virgin birth and God with us coming in a place called Bethlehem. But at the same time, there's another sign going up (laughs) into the sky that's reaching people far, far away. What does that say to us? Well, God doesn't keep his, his, his blessings aren't isolated to one place. He doesn't come, didn't come down and, and impact one town or Bethlehem. He came down to present himself to the entire world. Amen. And how better to do it than put a star up in the sky? A bright star, a wonderful sign that appeared to lead people to the Saviour. How great is our God? You know, in, in Genesis, and maybe in modern day, people would say, well, it's impossible. How could this star just appear in the sky? You know, that's impossible as far as science is concerned. Well, who flung the stars into space? Amen. God flung the stars into space. God said, let there be light, and there'll be light. Because <laughs> he's God. <laughs> it says in the book of Isaiah that the Lord knows the stars, and he, each one by name. He calls them out by name. And man can't, we can't even count the stars. We can't even see them all. God knows each by name. And this star got called out. (laughs) Praise to the Lord. So they may not have been nearby. But the Lord gave them a sign. This was a special star placed to lead them to the Saviour. Now, the interesting thing is here, the men could have done one or two things. They could have said, what a lovely star. (laughs) Isn't that just lovely? And do what typical stargazers do. Take a picture, well I don't know if they could take, they could draw a picture of the stars. They didn't have the Kodak cameras then. Um, Sit and draw the star. Look at how beautiful it is. But no, they saw a deeper meaning in the star. Somehow these men, the Lord helped them to have a knowledge that this was pointing them towards the Saviour. Now this is a mystery, isn't it? How God speaks to people's lives. But God will raise a sign in your life to point you to the Saviour. Sign of his word, we've heard it read today. (laughs) Things that happen in our lives that point us to the Saviour. But somehow these men identified that star in the sky and were drawn by God. And they had to be obedient to that, didn't they? They, they, they could have just stayed. <laughs> but they travelled a far distance to respond to that sign. They made it their number one priority. So I would say that this would be both an encouragement to us today and also a bit of a challenge. Encouraging because God cares about everybody finding the Saviour and He puts signs up for us all around so that we can find him but it's a challenge in that we need to respond to that sign we can't just afford to sit and look at it we must respond like these people then you know when you're driving if you drive or if you're a passenger (laughs) it's very very important to look at the road signs now for example if you're heading down the road and you find a sign like that what should you do? Stop your car and look for another way. And ask the sat something like that. So you shouldn't go through it, yeah? You shouldn't go through it because it kind of says, pretty obviously, road closed. Now, I, I was in the car recently, very recently, uh, driving between Moody's Burn and Kirk and Tillich, and I was 
with someone I wasn't driving, I was with someone driving who shall remain nameless and <laughs> we were going that back road, you know the one by the Ockengi where you go through the one that's been closed for about a year <laughs> well I'm thinking we're going down this road I thought this road was closed but we're driving down the road and thinking well the driver must know that everything's okay here we came halfway down the road and there was one of these signs you know one of these big signs right here <laughs> what did it say? Road closed. What did we do? Stop. No. Next answer. What did we do? We carried on. Do you know why we carried on? Because this wee road sign here was just slightly pushed to the side. Right? So it wasn't just sitting out in the middle of the road like you might expect a road, road close sign to be. So it was just literally against the bush, just slightly to the side. But do you know what, Stuart? It was clearly there. Yeah. Right? So what should we have done? Uh, turned turn the car around, turned the car around went another way. what did we do? we went straight on so we went straight on and it was nice you see sheep down that back road you see nice kind of scenery and you, you go through and we thought everything's fine the road signs pushed to the side no problem the road's nice and clear a couple of minutes down the road we behold <laughs> there was a massive pile of stones we were just approaching up where Bill and Kathy live and they'll know from the other side what this looks like just now. There are literally massive stones about this size just piled in the middle of the road just as you approach a bridge coming right up to the end. So we were very close but yet so far. And it was quite a lot of fun just trying to turn around the car in that wee tiny space with these big stones and a wee tiny bridge area. But we did turn around and go the other way. Now we have signs sometimes in our own life that we sometimes pay attention to and we, we sometimes don't and one of those signs that's a wee bit more like our, our lives is, is this one what about this one? danger, wrong way turn back you know the Bible tells us that we all need a saviour because we've all sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory and the Bible tells us that we're heading in the wrong direction <clears throat> we're heading away from God we're out of a relationship with him. And in that direction, there's, it's, the, it's the wrong way. There's danger ahead. The Bible says, in, says there that enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. It can be easy to go down the broad road, can't it? You know, the way everybody else is going. That, and we can all find that. And the Bible tells us we've all started on the broad road, out of a relationship with God, on a dangerous path. But then we think to ourselves, no, I mean, my way's alright. You know, because I'm a good person. I do good things. I try to, I'm not doing bad things. <laughs> really. And although it's kind of my way, I don't think it's a dangerous way because I'm not doing anyone any harm. Can anyone relate to that sign? My way? <laughs> I can relate to that sign. <clears throat> in fact, the Bible teaches us that we should all be able to relate to the sign post in our life that tends to be my way. The Bible says, we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him that's Jesus 
the iniquity or the sins of us all. The key point here is that there are two ways to go. There's our way, or there's God's way. And as this previous sign quite really said, wrong way, (laughs) you're heading. You've got to turn back. You know, the, the, the illustration of sheep is used there. And sheep have a tendency to wander, don't they? Wander in all sorts of random directions. <laughs> and sheep need a shepherd to lead them into a place where they're safe. Without a shepherd, sheep are left wandering and are in great danger. So we've had a, the miracle of a virgin birth and God came down to be with us. We've had the sign of a star leading to the Saviour. And thirdly, we have this, the sign of a Saviour to be born in Bethlehem. To be born from the line of Judah. You know, when the Magi came to King Herod, they asked to see the King of the Jews. Did you notice that there in the verse? So they came so far following the star, then they came to King Herod, asking where the King of the Jews was. Did you notice too that King Herod was disturbed? It says that in the passage there, verse 2. Why was he disturbed, do you think? Well, he recognised that another king was coming. That's pretty threatening to a king, isn't it? If they find another king is coming into their kingdom. And the first thing Herod did was check with the priests and teachers. And he asked them, where is the Christ or or the Messiah or the Saviour? This is the promised Saviour that was prophesied in Old Testament. King Herod even knew about it. He knew the Saviour was promised to be coming. But he asked the question, where? Is the Christ to come? And the answer the priests and teachers gave him was that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. This was prophesied in Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 22. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, uh, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Isn't that marvellous there? And particularly when you read in the other Gospels, like Luke, you find that you know, Joseph was called for a census just at this particular time. And because Joseph was of the clan of Judah, he was called back into the local place of Bethlehem just at the exact moment when Jesus was to be born. Isn't that great? The Saviour's birth was positioned at the exact moment in the exact place that was prophesied hundreds of years previously. Now anybody who's been through the child birth experience knows that that's a a very difficult time, but also something that is very difficult to look at any planning for. You know, (laughs) But God's plan is perfect, his timing is perfect. Amen? Amen? It's a miracle. It's a miracle, the timing of that. It all coincided at that time. And also... Micah there prophesying that the Saviour would come from the tribe of Judah. This is back to the generations of Abraham down the line to Judah. And as far back as Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, you have prophecies about the ultimate Saviour coming from that line of Judah. Thousands of years prior. And in Matthew chapter 1, you can read it later at your leisure, there's a list of the genealogy of of Jesus Christ there. And you see the line straight through. So we have the sign of a saviour coming from the line of Judah as promised. 
And notice too, there's another point in verse 6 about who, who he is. It says there that he is to be a shepherd of his people. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Jesus once told the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15. I'll just read it to you. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. You know, Jesus there was speaking about himself, being the good shepherd. And do you know what he was saying? He was saying, if it was just for you that I came, then I came just for you. I would have came just for you. Because I care about the individual. I mean, Jesus, God himself, God's son, stepped down to be born in Bethlehem. His mission was to find the lost sheep. Amen? Isn't that incredible? The shepherd cares about the sheep because they're in danger. They're headed on that wrong direction. He came down personally to find us. I just find that so encouraging, just the heart of God, don't you? The God who flung the stars into space, who's so vast and so incredible, created each one of us individually and knows us by name, and in the same way came to save us, came to call us out, came to draw us to himself, came to present all of these signs so that we might find him. You know, you can imagine the shepherd just coming up to the the sheep, and it's well known, and it says elsewhere in the scripture, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And the word of God has been read here today. That's the voice of God speaking. And we are created in his image. And so the logical thing to do is to respond to that voice, to hear who's calling us, to recognise that it's God, to respond. What was the Magi's response? This is a really important point just as we, we come to the end of this message. There were all these signs as I said earlier on the Magi could have chosen to see the signs and just stay where they were but they didn't they travelled a long distance but what were they coming to do well they were coming to worship him they were coming to worship this Christ and the thing about worship is you bring yourself (laughs) because that's all you've got to bring you know the, the Christmas carol that goes what can I give him given my heart well in reality did you notice the, the Magi did not present gifts and use that as a way of being accepted the gifts came later <laughs> what they did was they got down on their knees they bowed down and they worshipped the Saviour they gave him their heart and that's what we are asked to do True worship is, literally, the the word to worship means to bow down and to reverence someone. But it means recognising who's who's before you. And in the olden days, when you would come before the king, I wouldn't be just standing, probably dressed like this. I'd be dressed up to the hill and I would be bowing down out of respect for the position of that earthly king. So how much more should we respect and honour 
the king of kings God came down and that's where we start our relationship with him you know we start our relationship with with the Lord Jesus when we bow down and we say you're Lord you're God you came down to save me so I'm going to bow down and worship you I'm going to thank you for doing that would you be my Lord would you be my saviour the, the hymn O Holy Night that we heard earlier on says this led by the light of faith serenely beaming with glowing harps by his cradle we stand so led by light of a star sweetly gleaming here come the wise men from Orient land the king of kings lay thus in lowly manger in all our trials born to be our friend he knows our need our weakness is no stranger behold your king before him lowly bend behold your king before him lowly bend the hymn brings out a good point the light of our faith may it draw us and guide us when those men travelled they were responding in faith from a sign from God actually there's an original verse in there as well which I'm going to uh, read that, that hymn Old Holy Night has an older original version and it speaks about some of the things that might stop us from coming to the the king in this way it says may the ardent light of our faith guide us all to the cradle of the infant as in ancient times a brilliant star guided the oriental kings there the king of kings was born in a humble manger O mighty ones of today proud of your greatness it is to your pride that God preaches bow your heads before the Redeemer bow your heads before the Redeemer and you know the heart of sin in all of our lives is rebellion to God we've all sinned the Bible teaches and fallen short of the glory of God and we need to take ownership of that and what stops many of us coming to God is pride I'm number one, he's not number one I'm not willing to bow but just think of how the Lord Jesus Christ humbled himself the King of Kings and Lord of Lords stepped down and was born in a humble manger with no room for his head no place to accept him what did God do for us in stooping so low isn't it the least we can do to say to the King of Kings I'm going to bow my knee and I'm going to worship you and you're going to be the Lord of my life so what is our response today we've seen many signs they are given in this passage we've all been given so many signs from God you look out to creation and you look on the world who made all these things but the greatest sign for us to respond to is the sign of the cross Jesus came to earth to pay the price for all of our sins he came to restore us to a right relationship with God through his death on the cross and to, when he rose again from the dead three days later he broke the power of sin he broke the power of death and he's opened up the way for each one of us to come to him but we need to make a decision whether to follow him or not We've had, we have the privilege of looking back and remembering 
all of the signs given at a particular point in time. The star brought leading to the Saviour. The child born by a virgin in Bethlehem. But there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for the way in which you have presented so many signs to us to lead us to our Saviour. We thank you for this time of Christmas. And Lord, once we strip back everything else that's in it from the world's point of view, Lord God, we thank you that your word is there. And we have your word like it was read today, Father, leading us to the Saviour of the world. And Father, we would just pray that each one of us here might know what it is to bow before him, to worship him and receive him as Lord. And Father, we do pray for our friends and families and for this neighbourhood of Moody'sburn, Lord, as well, that you would be demonstrating your power in this place, that many, many people will come to know Jesus. Lord, in so many ways, you've reached out to people over the years. We pray you would help us to mobilise as well over this Christmas time and to be witnesses to other people of of our Saviour. We give you thanks and praise today in Jesus' alone and worthy name. Amen.